Hey guys, you're listening to Mustangology, your go-to source for all things Mustang. Be sure to follow along on your favorite podcast streaming network. All right, so Jaron and I, we're going to be giving uh, old Lyle, the crazy Mustang man, a call. Lyle's the uh, Roush manager. At Tyndall Roush Performance. Tyndall Roush Performance. Largest Roush dealer in the world with a huge inventory. And uh, he's really known for those wild videos, right? Crazy Mustang man the Crazy Mustang man. Where he he's, sung the, the uh, Mustang Happy Birthday. That went beyond <laughs> viral. That was insane. I, I even heard it in, I'm pretty sure it was Arabic. And someone emailed me and they said that they changed the song to Happy Birthday. Nice. Or no, no, no. Was it Happy Birthday? I don't I, know what they do. I want to guess it. what it was. It was pretty wild though, but it was it was great. But we're gonna give Lyle a ring here and uh, see what he's up to. Hello, this is Lyle Sturgis with Tendril Rouse Performance. Lyle, this is Jaron and Trevor from Mustangology. Man, what's going on, dude? How oh, you doing? Good. How are you? I am great. I am great. Just selling these hot rods, baby. Well, you're you're our special guest. Oh, you're kidding. Special guest. Yeah, we went off what? best looking. I tell you, I, I, I would be the best looking. I am a pretty man. Ain't no <laughs> lie. <laughs> so, uh, how, how's everything been going? Man, everything is great. We're just, we're just having a, we've had a great, great year so far, and we just keep man we keep going man you know we, we work all these auto shows and we work all these auto man we're heading to michigan next week for the big roush homecoming and then we have mustang week man we just stay busy or i do anyway you know crazy mustang man stays on the road i'm like a you know a carnival <laughs> just set up and go that's awesome heck yeah well we want to get into a couple uh questions with you so obviously That'd everyone knows you as the crazy Mustang man over there at Tyndall Roush Performance with a huge inventory, to, to say the least. We were just checking it out. So if you guys are looking for a Roush, www.tyndallroush.com is going to get you hooked up with a nice vehicle. So, um, Jaron, why don't you uh, pick him up on his first question? So uh, this is actually a question that I think would be pretty interesting. You know, I've known you for a few years now. Where did the whole crazy Mustang man concept or idea come from? Well, you know, when I started with the Roush program back in the, gosh, late 90s, early 2000s, people just didn't talk about Mustangs. And, you know, the Internet wasn't as big either. So as as it got more going, I would watch and see these people doing walk-arounds at regular Ford dealerships that just happened to sell Roush. And uh, doggone, they were so sad. I mean, you know, they would just walk around, this is a Roush Mustang. And then they would get into all this stuff that nobody really had a fun time looking at. And these cars are fun. Man, this is the difference between a road car and a race car is a Roush car. And it's not one of these monotone cars. It's like get up and scream and, you know, clap your hands and give two Ric Flares. I mean, it's really, really (laughs) good. And so... I was watching a uh, guy do an advertisement down at the coast, and then somebody had shown me this crazy badger car salesman thing. And I said, you know, the crazy Mustang man needs to be involved, involved, whatever that word is. He needs to be born. So I started doing the walk-arounds and having fun because, you know, I own a bunch of these old round shot rods. They're fun. 
and then you know I just there the crazy Mustang man was yep. born, and and, uh, and I got to tell you, and Trevor knows from hanging out with me in the past, and you have too. People really enjoy this crazy guy because uh, I I was at an auto show just recently, and the guy from Iraq, a group of uh, soldiers came up, and they noticed my award-winning green hat from Roush Fenway, <laughs> and they said, man, you're the crazy Mustang man. I said, yeah. And he said, we could not get television overseas at the, during the war, but we could get YouTube, and we watched Crazy Mustang Man videos. <laughs> so I got to tell you, man, that made me feel that, that's That's pretty cool, going going all the way overseas with our military. That's pretty neat. So I thought it was real neat. You were pretty much creating engaging content before engaging content was even a thing. <laughs> So you you're well, like gotta, so you don't even know, but you're like the future of marketing, is what it was. Social well, media I, I, pioneer. I, yeah, that's well, right. I have, I, and I have to thank that to both of you because, as you know, you know I'm old and you're young. You figure this stuff out, and you know it just shows. It. I mean, you know it it works. But that's me. <laughs> we gave you a little push, but well, so one thing obviously with Mustangology, um, one thing that we always want to ask is what made you choose a Mustang. And then, of course, like what continued um, your your passion for the Mustang? Well, I tell you, in 1967, I turned 16 years old, and uh, that gives you an idea how old I am. My dad went to the Ford dealership and was looking for a car for my mother. And Mr. Buddy Lewis, who owned the dealership at that time, called my dad and said, Harry, I have this lime gold with a black vinyl top. Mustang, and uh, I think your wife would like it and your son. So he came over to buy it for my mother, and it just happened to be a GTA, which was really a unique car. It had a wow. high-performance K-Code engine, you know, and so he bought that car, and it was mine and my mom's for about six weeks, and then they went to the beach, and I had saved my money and put Crager wheels and tires, and next thing you know, I jacked that bad boy up. I had a true Franklin Avenue hot rod. Man, it was kicking tail. It was a great Mustang. And so from that day on, I have always made a payment on a Mustang. I always used to say I own one every month. Well, I have driven one every month of my life, but I've made a payment on it. So I don't know how many I've owned, but man, I've sure made a whole bunch of payments over the years. So a Mustang's been in my life. I guess if my mother and dad had bought a daggum uh, Camaro, I probably would have been that way. But they didn't. They bought the best. I got me a Mustang. That's awesome. That's that's such a good story because you know a lot a lot of people cannot say that they their first car was a Mustang and they've continued to keep a Mustang. Well, you know the funny thing is the people that can't, can't say that they probably have a nice house paid for and some nice things <laughs> in their future. All I've done is some car payments, but I have more fun than about anybody around, and uh, I still pay payments on a bunch of them. And I love my Mustangs. He's running out. Super cool. It was just Mustang in general. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got the little four-cylinder and your daughter's just starting school and that's her car, or you've got the one with seven, 800 horsepower. A Mustang is a Mustang. And I think that's the important thing that people need to realize. The love affair for the Mustang, not the love affair for the Shelby, or the love affair for the Roush, or the love affair for the Spleen, or the love affair for the whatever. You know, everybody has a horse, you know. But, uh, I think it's the whole idea of having a Mustang. And that's where the culture needs to be, where we're all one forward family strong, one Mustang family. Yep. And that's why I think so cool about what you guys do. 
Heck yeah. Speaking of uh, horses, how many horses do you have in your stable? Well, I've got a 2010 427R. I've got a 2015 Stage 2 trackback car that was built for me by Ralph and named Bodacious. And I think it's probably got to be the most yellow photographed Mustang around. And then I've got the new black uh, Bo Vader, and it's a Stage 3 platform. And then I have the Nightmare, <clears throat> which we call Bo Toughest because it's built for tough. We got a bunch of Bo Hot Rods, but yeah, I don't think you can get enough. That that yellow car is <clears throat> probably the most iconic yellow car out there. It's, yeah, it's been around. It was the last yellow chassis in 2015 at Roush, and they were building me a car to do suspension testing with. And so there she was born, and the girls in Michigan, Bernadette and all of them, named her Bodacious. That's a cartoon bull that's never been ridden, but it's a real nice bull. So I think I've got a nice bull car, and it's a tough, tough rascal. It's, it's, it's a good car. That's great. All right, so one thing is, so you've owned a lot of different Mustangs, and oh, yeah. what, and it, and it doesn't have to be Roush, because I understand that you got a full stable of Roush vehicles now, but what would you say your favorite Mustang? I guess my favorite one would have to be my first one, mm-hmm. one that Mom and I finally confiscated from her mm-hmm. by jacking it up, you know. The GTA was cool. Then I had a 69 Mark one. And at that time in 1969, there weren't about four of us in Gaston County that had one. And but when you go to car shows, that was everybody's first car. I thought I had something special, but I, I don't guess I did. But it was kind of cool. But I think the '67 was great, and I, I do think that the 2015 model year when Ford made the change, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 15 through 17 are very close to my heart. Um, you know, but. Like I said, I even had a, a uh, Mustang II with the Gia package. Oh, that was that was a doll, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's got to be a Mustang, you know? Yep. Th- those were the teenage years of Mustang, for sure, with, like, braces and everything. <laughs> but if you – so I guess my next question would be, if you could have any Mustang out there, anything, what mm-hmm. what Mustang would you put in your stable? It's kind of funny. I always get the number one build on every Roush that's built. So if I had to, and I've never taken it, I've always sold it to people. I guess if they had a special edition Roush in the future that was the number one car before I retire, that would be the one I'd want to add to my stable. So it'd probably be like a P51, maybe, or something of that magnitude. Yeah, yeah it's a little because more limited. Yeah, yeah, because all my stuff is my stuff, and I love it. And I've never been a numbers person, but that would be kind of a cool car to have. What about the uh, the Air Venture vehicle that they that Roush and Ford partnered on this year for Air Venture? Old Crow. Well, yeah, Old Crow. Yeah, that was well. That it went right to the man that deserved it. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, Jack is. I, I, I've worked with Jack Roush a long time. He's like a big brother to me, and I got to tell you, he. Uh, no one could own that car that deserved it any more than Jack Roush. His love for the P-51 and for the military and for all this, that this country stands for, yep. even to the fact he signs his name, Jack Roush, USA. We put the American flag on our cars. I mean, I think you would agree that old crow deserved to be Jack Roush's car. And I was tickled that it got to come home to uh, 
to Livonia to yeah. Susan and you know their their uh, museum. I think it's great. That is, it was an honor that Ford and 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 Jack they commissioned him to do that. I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, and absolutely, and four hundred thousand dollars for that vehicle went to a went to a really great cause, and now it's homed at the uh, Roush Automotive Collection, which is in Livonia. So if you guys are heading up to uh, homecoming next week, um, you're going to be able to see that car in person. So that's right. And, Come and see I, the crazy Mustang man. I'll be up there. That's with right. Just look fun. for the green hat. Look for the green hat. The green <laughs> Roush. That's right. Hat. <laughs> that is great. Well, Jaron, you got any good good questions for him? Well, you know, mentioning Jack Roush, you've you've worked for Roush for how many years now? Or selling Roush Gosh. vehicles since the late nineties, early two thousand. So, good amount of years under your belt. I was going to ask you, what is your favorite, you know, Roush performance story? Whether it's with, you know, some of the people involved with Roush, just like, what is your <clears throat> a story that sticks out in your head? You know, oh, I got to tell that one. I've got a special one there. Uh, many years ago, Roush had a president or a general manager by the name of Terry Cargus, and some of the owners, I mean, some of the order people at Roush decided they were going to order vehicles. And so instead of ordering 10 white automatic convertibles, somebody hit another zero. And Jack came into the office one day and saw 100 white Mustang convertibles. I think this was like an 05 to 08 body style. I think and I know where you're going he, with this. Yeah, he walked in and said, what in the world? And I'm going to be real nice and talk to someone on the podcast. It's but, all right. Let it, <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> well, what in the hell? Who ordered these cars? So everybody was just hustling and rustling. You know, Jack's a real great guy, but when he asked a question, people start getting scared. So the moral of the story was that they had made a mistake. So he looked at Cargus and said, well, i tell you what, it might have been somebody's mistake, but somebody's going to rectify this. You better a 100 automatic Mustang V8 cars. So they invented a car called the Speedster, which they were all white. They had orange stripes. And... Uh, Doggone it, my wife wanted one so bad. It's the one I didn't buy. I should have bought it. I hear about it all the time. But those cars sold, and, and you know, Steve Ford called me from Roush and said, wow, we got this weird car. He told me about this. He said, well, we got to sell it. And that was, it's really a cool car, and you don't see a lot of them anymore. But they were 100 built, and yeah. I'm sure some have been wrecked. But it was so funny. They had to make that out of a mistake. And uh, now it's just a great car. And, uh being a Clemson fan, I think orange and white was pretty cool, but <laughs> that, that's the color it wound up being. And I understand that as the year, the, the build went on, we may have built one or two other color ones. But that is the story of getting rid of 100 white Mustang convertibles one that, time. That is great because I actually remember, I don't know how many you've seen personally, but on, I guess, Tyndall's lot, I've seen one. Do you remember that one that we had back oh, yeah. in? What, I think that was 15, sure did. early 16. Took it in on trade. Took it in yeah. on trade, and it didn't last long It didn't last long as right. I remember a guy called me and says, I want that speedster, and I barely knew what he was talking about. And then I remember you telling me the story, and yeah, yeah I guess. There. That's a real cool zeros. car. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because Roush has built some really, our 427, the years of the 427R were like phenomenal years. Roush was growing, and, and that was our flagship car. And back then, if you had 427 horsepower, you were king of the road. Oh, absolutely. And uh, that's why, our, and then in 2008, we built a hundred of cars and named them the, the uh, 428R. And then in 2009, we built a hundred 429Rs. 
And the difference between the 427 and the 428 and the 429 was a chrome-plated floor. So the supercharger was chrome-plated on those. And they only built 100 of them. So it was kind of fun. And uh, we coined those numbers, 427, 428, and 429. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important in the Mustang world. Those are some pretty cool numbers to have. I always thought for for a while there, I always thought that it was the horsepower gain going up by one horsepower. But I guess it just stuck with with the first one. Well, they all had 435 that started. Yep. And then they just moved up a little bit from that. And then we had the Stage 3. But believe it or not, our Stage 3 car was a, Pretty Mac Daddy car, but the 427R was the stuff. If you had one of those, you had the stuff. It's it just still, a really a race yeah. car. Especially still the to track this pack. Day. Yeah, the track pack, yeah. 427R. Still to this yeah. day, if you go to shows, those cars just take tons of attention. I remember oh, um, yeah. Lou Ladella down in Florida. He has probably one of the nicest ones. It has the all-black uh, graphics, oh, yeah. 427R graphics. What silver is that in 05? Uh, Lou, Lou, does, vapor Lou has a beautiful car. Yeah. I know there's a Just, vapor silver. Yeah, that's probably one of the best looking ones that I've seen around. That that uh, he, he's... And people love them. You know, there's a lot of guys in, in different uh, forums that I noticed that have some of the 05 to 08 cars, and they love them. And, you know, but it's like, like anything, engineering and technology just gets better and better. And so what was fun in 08 didn't near as you know, fun in 2019. No, definitely. So. You know, this is maybe a, a sour topic, but have you ever wrecked a Mustang? And what was the oh, story? Yeah. Oh, so more I, than I, one? Well, yeah. Uh, Did you spill a Pepsi I, on you? No, I never spill my Pepsi. I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm, if, I, if, I, yeah. If anyone I'll knows Lyle. Life, but I'll keep my Pepsi. I'll keep it in there. Yeah. Now, the fun thing I was, uh, back years ago, I did a little dirt track racing and we had, we had some old Mustang twos that we dirt track raced. And, uh, I had one I was really proud of and my dad and I put it on a trailer and took it to Carolina Speedway. And after the, we really qualified real well. And in the main heat, we decided that the, uh, guardrail was really need to be pushed over about four (laughs) feet. So, you know, I thought the Mustang was tough, but not quite that tough. And then uh, I was drag racing one time at Shuffletown, and God, this had to be in the seventies. Shuffletown, and had that's one... that's an old one. That's it's, oh it's yeah, all... yeah. When you old, you've been there. Yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah. off of four eighty five. I think between like Huntersville and Charlotte, and it's, right it's, it's over all there. yeah, Coolwood area. Yeah, kinda. it's all but, grass uh, now. Yeah, it's grass. But I tell you what, then I I ran one off the end there, but. You know, as far as I've been really lucky, I do a lot of road course stuff, and I don't wreck them there. I try not to. I mean, knock on wood, I'll be driving mine home tonight, and I'll get something. But I, <laughs> but I tell you, there you can have some wrecks from time to time, but yeah. uh, shucks, that's kind of a fun thing if <laughs> yeah. you live through them. Absolutely. Well, Jaron, you got anything else for old Lyle? Hmm. I answered or I asked a lot of the key ones. What what do you got for us? Any anything, Lyle? You you got some pretty well, crazy know, jokes out there. <laughs> I, I tell you, you know, I think the main thing, the fun part for me is, uh, and you guys are uh, open to knowing a little bit of my story and what all has transpired in my life to get me to the point I am here mm-hmm. with Tyndall Roush performance and being the crazy Mustang man. But I got to tell you, my love for these cars is way beyond what anybody would ever could ever imagine. When you've messed with them since 1967, you know, many of these, uh, I call them Johnny-come-lately keyboard dudes. 
uh, you know, they get really excited about a car they have. But when you've done it as long as I have, you know, before we had keyboards, we had wrenches and we tried to, you know, work on our cars and be the fastest and the best. But, you know, through different adversities through my health and other things, it's just made me love this, uh, the whole, uh, Mustang world and, and the culture of the Mustang. And I guess if I had a wish and a hope for the younger generation today that they would just always love the Mustang and stay Mustang strong and, and not get so, uh, opinionated over personalities and uh, colors of the car or what kind you've got or you've got this and you don't have that. You know, love the Mustang. Love the culture of the Mustang. We're a very unique breed in that the Mustang has continued to be built every year since the, gosh, 64. 10 million strong. uh, And, yeah, still goes strong. So there's much more than just personalities. There's love affairs, and that's what I always tell. And when Trevor was with me in June, you know, I don't sell cars. I sell love affairs. I never want to be a car salesman. That's no fun. What I want to do is sell performance products that enhance people's lifestyle, enhance their life. And you know, if you get up in the morning, you crank one of these hot rods up and you drive somewhere to work, it's a whole different way to go to work. I'm telling you. And, uh, it's not just a car. If all life is, is a car as a piece of transportation, then I'm probably not your guy. But if you ever get in one of these things and you drive a Mustang or a Roush or whatever, you're going to grin. Yep. Turn on a old classic rock in my eyes and, and rock and roll, man. Just drive down the road. So we were out there walking on a lot of, uh, earlier today, and I noticed you got a couple RS2s that are priced very well. How about you tell oh, us about yeah. those? Well, what I did, because I'm the number one dealer in the world, I get a lot of the last bills from Roush when they have chassis left and stuff. And we had talked earlier about the uh, track pack car. We did six uh, track pack tribute cars by Tyndall Roush Performance here. And then we have, I think I have a total of seven left. And they're built like my yellow car, Bodacious. And so they have the single coilover. And some have the three-way coilover, three-way adjustable Roush racing suspension, the palladium racing wheels, the half shaft axles. And, you know, you can get these. I have them on sale. Thanks to Ford Motor Company and Roush helping for forty nine nine ninety nine. Now that's about a wow. thirteen thousand dollar discount over the sticker in these cars. So you're pretty and much what yeah, people, getting yeah, a GT without the Roush package, but you're getting the Roush package. Yep, you're not yeah, paying you get for it. it all. Wow, yeah, you sure do. And these are real performance road course cars. You can leave here with one of these cars. Go to VIR. Go to uh, Carolina Motorsports Park. Go to Laguna any road Seca. course. Yeah, Laguna Seca. Hey, and and even to, where did we go years ago? We went down to uh, down to Florida, oh, Florida, Willow Springs, Sebring. no Sebring, 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 and 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 these guys were driving these things and loving every minute of it. So I would sure hope people, if they want a good deal on a Roush Stage Two track car, man, I got them. You know that brings actually to a really good point. I'm going to open this back up here. Let's, Lyle, you have to tell the story about. Uh, Brewer Racing. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> this, this is pretty neat. This is not only, I think, a, a great story for, for Roush, but just Mustang in general and really what this kind of pulled together because this guy wasn't even ever a Mustang owner. He was always no, into no. To Porsches and, I mean, high-end, older vintage cars. I mean, Mustang never came across, probably was never in his garage at any point, nor has he ever been in one. So this was his first time we were down there. and That's right. 
I was down at Sebring with Jack Roush Jr. and Trevor and a bunch of the guys from Roush. And we had taken cars down there to let people take rides around the track. Dana Valcourt had gone down with us. And uh, we met a guy by the name of Steve Brewer who owned Bruco Racing. And he was in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Yeah, I knew he was, Trevor. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Hall of Fame for Sebring. So this is a real driver. Race. Yeah, the 24 Yeah, this is no jump. This is a yeah. real driver. Started from so, the back. Uh, yeah. And so he comes up to me and he says, tell me about this Mustang. So we start talking to him about it. And next thing you know, he says, well, I'll tell you what, can I, you want to take me around the track or can I drive it? I said, well, why don't you just drive it? He said, you'll let me drive this car. I said, sure, here's the keys. So I gave him the keys. He got his helmet, went out on it. And before he left, he said, I'm going to tell you, if this car is half of what you say it is, I'm going to buy this thing from you. <laughs> and I, you know, I've heard that a hundred times. And so he jumps in his car, goes around a couple of laps, pulls in the pits, and there was his wife with his big old huge dog named Rolex. Like Rolex, a, that's right. Rolex. He's, <laughs> yeah, Rolex was like a big boxer bulldog. Yep. And uh, he told his wife, get the checkbook and write Lyle a check. This is and, my car. And when pe- people <laughs> don't realize that, he really took out his checkbook, checkbook wrote and right wrote there. a check right then and there. He bought that car. And the coolest part about that, well, A, so yeah, he left the left the pits, got around, did one pretty much full complete lap, pulled in. Yeah. I mean, so this guy had one lap in this car and Sold. completely just blew his mind, pulled in and literally wrote Lyle a check, which which is and crazy. This, yeah. And the, the coolest part about this whole story is now he owns this vehicle and he said, no, 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 I want everyone else to drive it. And for the rest of the day, Jack Jr. drove it, gave ride-alongs, media. I mean, a bunch of other people that were there hanging out with us um, got involved in it. I think um, LMR was there. So there, there was yep. a bunch of uh, bunch of different media outlets there that went went for a ride in it. So that was pretty cool. He definitely wasn't a stingy on that one. So yeah, what, hey, what you a story. know what? The good thing he the good thing about this guy is that he knew what real fine race cars were, and he sat in a roush. And you know, it's hard to explain to the general public about a true roush. The suspension, the handling, the engineers at Roush are phenomenal. And what they do to build these cars in Plymouth, Michigan, people really don't have the conception. They haven't got any idea of the product we have. And the, and like I say, the difference, difference between a road car and a race car is definitely a Roush car. Yeah, really, absolutely. And obviously, a lot of those kudos need to go to, to Ford for engineering the Mustang as it is to, to be able to build off these platforms with Shelby and Saline and, and these other guys out there that are doing really great things with the Mustang platform. So no, well, you know, Jack right. has always said that, that they, they gave us a great platform. Yeah. And uh, the thing about Roush, we just do it better than everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, the, the truth hurts sometimes, but we do. And so the proof is in the pudding. If somebody doesn't believe that, just hop your tail in the seat of one of these Roush stage threes, stage twos. Go to the track. We'll just see how much you really believe in one of these things. You'll well, believe quick. <laughs> the, well, the thing about the Roush that I've seen is, um, you know, they, they meet all the OE specifications. Their stuff is tried and tested and put through the same paces that all the, the OEM stuff that comes on the Ford from the factory. So it's all. That's correct. Yep. So that it's that sure is. And you know what people don't understand is we come with warranty. You know, it's, it's neat to buy a 60, 70, 80, 50, 99 car. But if you don't have any warranty and it breaks, what have you got? So Ford, Ford Performance, Roush, they stand behind this product. So that's what makes it so cool. 
So, you know, in, in the whole scheme of things, there's more than just throwing horsepower. I tell people horsepower is only a dollar. I mean, because you can take one and you can put all this horsepower you want on it as long as you have a dollar to throw at it. But what Roush builds is a quality performance car at a great price, and you can go out and run with the best of them. As Steve Brewer. I mean, when you're on the Hall of Fame of Sebring and you prefer it over any of the other cars, then I'll tell you something. No, abs- absolutely, especially with someone with uh, that many years in the, in the automotive racing world. And, and, I mean, he puts those vehicles to the absolute uh, line there. I mean, he's he's pushing those cars through crazy corners, and it was pretty neat for him to instantly comment. I mean, no one really coached him into saying anything. He came out and talked to the media after that. I mean, talking about the three-way coilover that was on his vehicle, and he was saying yeah. that it was handling better than than – Twenty thirty thousand dollars suspension setups that he's had put on his vehicles, so it was uh, it was a pretty cool testament from him. So. And that's, that's that's a big kudos to uh, Roush Performance, you know. Absolutely, Roush Performance Products Build is a great automobile. And you know, if you don't believe it was really put to the test, remember our buddy Dana Valcourt went on a lap with him. I think Dana's still holding his uh, <laughs> hands in a clinching mood. He's a, that, a Roush right. Road Crew chief and. I think when you see him and shake his hand, he's still shaking. So, uh, yeah, he thought he was bad until he rode with Steve. <laughs> Steve's, Steve's quite the quite the uh, driver. So, Steve, if you're listening, kudos to you. And uh, yeah, we buddy, hope, hope you're and enjoying Rolex. your car and Rolex. And Rolex, yep, the dog. That's right. Well, Lyle, we appreciate you hanging out with us um, again, guys. If you have any inquiry of a Roush vehicle, head over to TyndallRoush.com and follow him on what's his what's his Instagram. Give Lyle a follow. Crazy hashtag crazy Mustang man. Hashtag. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know really how to use it yet, but I'm learning real well. But you got uh, like 700 followers now. What do you mean? Oh man, listen, I'm a star, I guess. But listen, you can always call me at seven four 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 six 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 one six zero. That's like the Roush Hotline of America. Dropping his digits. <laughs> All right, we we got to get while we got you on here. We got to get the crazy Mustang man, Mustangology oh, yeah. uh, podcast. The, okay, we gotta here. sign it off or an intro or something. Yeah, let's 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 have you sign us off, Lyle. Any way you want, just you, take take it away. Well, let me tell you, boys, it's a crazy Mustang man, Lyle Sturgis here with my Mustangology ologist. That's right, baby. We got Big Jared and we got Big Trevor, and we're doing the Mustangology thing. So come on and enjoy us every time we're on the air. It don't matter where we are. You gotta come here. We looking good all the time. See my boy Jared and Trevor. On the air, if you will. See ya! <laughs> well, that is a sign out to say the best. Um, one thing, Lyle, he is just, he is wide open all the time. And I absolutely love it because it's its passion that yep. that absolutely drives um, that excitement. You listen so. him every day. He's up at 8. Yep. And what time is it now? Yeah, like 8.30? Yeah, 8.30. He's, 830. Still, still, still at the dealership. Still working those leads. So uh, be sure to follow us at, at Mustangology Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. See ya.